Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Got to create a valuable community. That, I mean, that's a good thing for, to be thinking about before you even start. What types of businesses do you want inside your community, inside your membership program, your courses? Um, and again, it comes down to you know your ideal client avatar, all that sort of stuff, and doing the necessary work there. But the more valuable your community, the more retention rate you're going to have because people are absolutely going to make those connections and that is going to have higher perceived value than any resource, any document, any live training. Welcome back. I hope your week has been fantastically awesome so far. If you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with Stefan Hedebrandt of Dream Data and with Kurian Tharakan of Strategy Peak and author of The Seven Essential Stories Charismatic Leaders Tell, then do go check them out. But only after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. I'm really excited today to welcome back to the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Jonathan Cullinan of Online Business Accelerator an Auckland-based marketing company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners rapidly grow their businesses through the power of online marketing. He's also the founder of Course Commander, an all-inclusive website, landing page and course builder to save coaches, consultants, authors and infopreneurs time and remove the typical tech aches from creating and delivering courses, programs and memberships. Jonathan is a serial entrepreneur, a marketer, and a big subscription advocate. Having generated over seven figures for both himself and his clients from membership models across various niches, including the natural health and digital marketing spaces. Jonathan previously appeared on episode 406 of the Bus podcast. Today in our conversation, Jonathan talked to me about building a community and why you should have it on your own system rather than somewhere on social media. We talked about how to test a subscription idea before building it and we talked about transitioning to an online subscription model. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Jonathan Callanan. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really honoured to welcome back to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from Auckland in New Zealand, Jonathan Cullinan. 
who's the founder of Course Commander, and he's an expert in delivering courses, programs, and membership options to all kinds of businesses. Welcome back to the Innova Bus podcast, Jonathan. It's a great privilege to speak with you again. Thanks again for having me, Jürgen. Uh, I didn't think we'd be a follow-up so quickly, but I'm, I'm really delighted to be back on your show and to be sharing some nuggets today with your listeners. Yeah, now we've been having conversations outside of the podcast quite regularly, and um, I'm a little bit up to date with what's happening with Course Commander, and I thought it'd be great to explore the whole concept of bringing training online. You don't already have training programs online because that's a big thing in this day and age with the pandemic that we're all facing across the world. And also building a community around programs that we offer online. So I'm really looking forward to digging into that. Now, tell us very briefly what Course Commander is and and, because I think that puts it into context why why we should be listening to you and um, you know, yeah. how we could um, make use of a tool like that. Thanks for asking. Yeah, um, Course Commander is really born out of our own clients' frustration around software. Uh, we use the phrase here, drowning in marketing subscriptions, and there's so many small businesses you know, that are spending. Although, <clears throat> actually, this would be the first activity that I would implore your business to do is actually work out their their budget and what they're spending each month on marketing software tools because I can promise you it will be a lot more than you probably think it is if um, mm. you haven't done that recently. And it's, it's surprisingly how quickly it creeps up. So a lot of the clients that we bring on, they're usually using an average of about seven to eight different marketing tools to duct tape a funnel um, email automation, a group, a membership, and a CRM together. And then they've got other tools, um, you know, working around that. And so I guess, you know, seeing what our clients were going through, because we run a digital marketing agency here in Auckland for the past 10 years. And we're kind of like, uh, I wonder if there was uh, a way that we could potentially bring everything together in one place without actually affecting the quality and uh, the functionality of what our clients needed. So 2018, we set upon this journey to see if we could come up with an all-in-one website, course, landing page, community, affiliate system, every marketing tool almost under the sun and a CRM, uh, see if we could do it in one place. And we played around with a few different options and uh, we looked at you know proprietary based software as well and you know, creating our own custom coded solution we found that was going to be clunky and going to be difficult uh, we also looked then at open source options as well and like i've we've been web development we've i know you do web development we've been providing you know, wordpress websites uh, for a long time to clients and we know kind of the flexibility and we know the different options and we kind of looked at it and thought well what if we could create an open source solution around wordpress and kind of basically cherry pick the very best software in the open source wordpress space and bring it all together in one place to work in harmony because that's the biggest challenge just getting it all to work in harmony without it breaking um and We've yeah been on this journey and um, managed to do it, <laughs> trial and terror, and you know through a lot of patience and having some really good uh, 
you know, beta testers that we trust to give us the necessary feedback over that two, three year period that it is now. And um, we're delighted to be able to now offer uh, pretty much businesses across any niche a bespoke marketing solution, which is, you know, for the user from start to end, front end, back end. So you've got the front end marketing with, of course, the funnel, the websites and all the gloss at the front. But the back-end delivery side of things with the course, the groups, the community, and having the CRM working as well, that, that's what really excites us because, A, it can bring the cost right down for our clients and for other businesses, but, B, it also is going to save them so much time of having to go to you know five different software providers, having to try and duct tape things together through Zapier, Zapier, tomato, tomato, um, and just, you know, having to suffer those usual tech aches that a lot of businesses are having right now. So, mm-hmm. but most importantly, we want them to use the software as an, as they need it. So it's in like all the features are independent. So if they want to go in and create a course, they can do that. They don't have to have a funnel working or a website, but if they want to go in and create a group, they can do that. But if they want the group to work with a course and a messenger chat system, then it can work together, but they can have one or three pieces working. And that, that for us is our kind of philosophy and sort of vision, if you like, of marketing software. It should be able to do what you want to do. You can turn it on and off, but it should all talk to each other. It should all be in one place. It should be intuitive, very user friendly. And yeah, we've, um, cracked the code with that and, um, really excited to be rolling it out to you know, the business, small business landscape right now. Yeah, well, there's enormous value in that, in particularly having things in one place and having the overview of what's going on. I know I've been doing some work recently with a client who has a system and they've got their accounting system hooked into the payment that they use and that's hooked into another system, right? which is where the um, course lives. And that course system does offer a website thing, but I, you know, and she said, oh, would it be easier to have the website on the same system? I said, in principle, yes, but I'll have a look at their system. And after about 10 minutes, I said, don't ask me to put the website in there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely awful. So then, yeah. of course, we've got the website separate. And I've, I've actually spent a day this week mapping out on a, a, a Kanban board, mapping out each step of the customer journey when you know when they land on the landing page when they read the information when they sign up for interest when they then purchase right. and what happens next you know where where do they where does their payment go what emails do they then get and where does that come from and everything's got hyperlinks back into where that stuff lives so that okay. then you know if ever we need to change anything or add to it we can go to that master. It's kind of my master map, I call it now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Go to that and then just click through. But, you know, that now that we have it, of course, it's quite valuable, but it would be great to, for everything to be in one system because then yeah. that's set up without having to build it. Yeah, well, I think for us, you know, you look at the climate, you look at uh, the, the economy, you look at the online space, you know, the virtualization of the world, how that's sped up by at least seven to 10 years over the past 18 months or something crazy like that. But most importantly, if you look at how our consumer habits are changing, you know, consumerism, you think about um, their behaviors, their, their purchases of apps and subscriptions, uh, the, the way they're learning 
Uh, we're living in a micro attention economy. So, you know, I, I usually say that, you know, you've got three seconds to impress people. See, it's three, well, not to impress, but three seconds to keep people's attention, which is why Facebook, you know, measures, mm. um, video views from three seconds. <laughs> That's a video view on a Facebook ad, three seconds. So with all that in mind, you've got to be thinking, well, small businesses, they need to be growing fast, but they also need to be scaling smart. So we've got this sort of grow faster, scale smarter philosophy around the software because in our eyes, the software should work for you, the business owner, not the other way around. So it's helping our users discover the processes first rather than um, the system. So train them on the process, not the system. Got all American there with process. I don't know where that came from. But um, train them on the process, not the system. And it's kind of that same thing with strategies over tactics. You know, <laughs> have you ever heard the phrase, uh, date the tactics, marry the strategies? Well, that, that's kind of our sort of core philosophy here at Course Commander. So it's all about, you know, being able to go in. If you want to get a course online, you want to be able to do it quickly and efficiently. You don't want to be waiting a week, two weeks. If you've got the content there ready to go, if you've got an audience ready to buy, you want to have a course up within a, an hour. You might want to funnel up within two hours with the course as the centerpiece. And that literally is kind of the space we're going towards. We want, it's like the community side of things. Well, yeah, if you've got a course, how can you piggyback on that? How can you turn that course into a membership? How can you use that to leverage, you know, your higher paying uh, services? You bring in more ascending lower ticket, if you like, customers into those higher premium services. Then, you know, you want to have a solution that's quick, easy, ready to go. Um, but like you said, you said at the start, you know, we're living in a, a time now where community building is so so important for living in the micro influencer paradigm you know where people are now flocking from influencers more to micro influencers that really understand them that really connect with them on a human level and that you know intimately uh communicate with them through you know live video chat whatever it is but software is really important as the tool to get you there so we're yeah, well, we're really focused on everything we're doing is community kind of building driven and thinking, okay, well, how can a business you know, leverage their community to uh, mm. sell higher ticket services, higher ticket programs, that type of thing? Okay, well, let me kind of quiz you a little bit on um, and dig into your experience on building community and, and building yeah, engaging course content. Um, one of the things that I struggle with um, with some of the courses that I've purchased, you know, they, you buy the course, you go through the course, and then they say, hey, you get access to our free community. And part of a key part of that thing is community. And I think there's a saying that goes along the lines of, you know, people buy for the content, they stay for the community. Right. And yet a lot of those communities, are in Facebook, and I have to say that I hardly ever go into Facebook these days, which yeah. means that I don't visit a lot of those communities that I'm a part of because I just find Facebook is just so noisy. Mm. Even if I go onto that particular page and I might read one or two things, then there's all this other stuff keeps coming up, and it just annoys me. And, and of course, if it's to do with COVID, then it's depressing as well. So yeah. I prefer to get some 
more reliable source of information and balance it out with some yeah. good news as well, which there is plenty of yes. good news around yeah. too. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about um, you know why why it's a good idea to actually build community outside of a public mm. space like Facebook or you know I, I see a lot of people now starting to use Discord, which at least you're on yeah. one community, but it's yeah. not your space either, is it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's almost a bit like the employee-employer paradigm here, isn't it? You know, when you work for a company, you're selling their product, you're making them money. When you're in the employer, you're making your own money and you can bring on your own employees. Well, I see this kind of a similar type comparison with social groups at the moment. You know, when you're on Facebook, you know, Facebook owns the intellectual property. You're creating the engagement. You're creating the traffic for Facebook. All right. Uh, when you own your own community, you own the intellectual property. You own the email addresses. You own the community. You own the the shot. You call the shots, but you know you own the way you want to run that community as well. And the automation, the engagement side of things. That's you know that's all uh, left to the owner and how creative you want to be with that. Yeah, that's great. But from the from a point of view of intellectual property. You know, it's massively important right now that small businesses are thinking about, okay, well, I've got a Facebook group, but how can I potentially you know, transcend or shift that into a, you know, more of a membership model for my own business, uh, where I own the data and where I run the show and grow that way? Because Facebook has a absolutely, you know, plethora is probably the best word. Of issues right now, and uh, mm. it's trust is just dwindling in big tech altogether. You know, it's it's we're not there right now in, in terms of like where we were, say back in I don't know 2016, where social media being on every social media channel was absolutely amazing, and you know having some engagement there was you know your creme de la creme in terms mm. of you know having a great following. Now it's kind of regressed. And we're at a crossroads now where it's like, okay, trust in big tech. You can maybe, you know, if you want to bring politics into this, you can look at what's happened in America and with Trump and Biden and everything else. I'm not going to go into politics, but there's a lot of distrust on yeah. social media platforms and, you know, a lot of rumors and everything else that goes on around it. But from a business point of view, like I said, your reach is at the hands of Facebook. Your business is in the hands of Facebook. And, you know, I have this kind of saying that, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. It's not my saying, but I use that in my head all mm. the time. And, you know, if your weakest link is Facebook or a Facebook community or a paid Facebook group, then you've got problems. And you've got to start really seriously thinking about having your own group, having your own platform. And the beautiful thing about that is as well is like we talked about with Course Commander, and we're not the only ones doing this, but you know, you can be running, you can selling courses, programs, memberships, masterminds. You can be selling all those while building the community on the very same platform as well. So it kind of seems, seems a bit counterintuitive from a, you know, entrepreneurial sort of perspective not to be doing it as well. Mm. So I know it's not easy. And, you know, it's a bit like pulling teeth. It's like, well, if I've got a 5,000 strong Facebook group, <laughs> How do I turn that into my own community? Yeah. yeah, that was what I was going to ask now because starting group from scratch, yeah, I guess it it 
you know, you follow the same principles whether you're putting that those people on Facebook or whether you're sending them into your own real estate. Mm. Um, and I don't see much difference there other than the link you send them to to sign up for membership of that group. Yes. But let's say you do have a relatively large group in Facebook, a community that you've built up over many, many years. How would you go about migrating that group over? And, you know, is there a way to do that? Or is, is that one of those opportunities to maybe even clean up the group? Maybe, maybe it's not yeah. the objective isn't to migrate everybody over and get frustrated if you can't get everybody over. Maybe the objective is let's get those people that are really engaged and adding value over. Well, here's an unwanted statistic for you, Jürgen, my friend. <laughs> you can have a Facebook group, but less than 5% of people will be engaged in that Facebook group. Mm. And when you think about that, that 5% is going to represent your better, warmer prospects. So, you know, when you Facebook groups, they're kind of a bit of a false security blanket. People say, oh, I've got 30,000 people in a Facebook group. I've been in lots of 30,000 Facebook groups where the engagement absolutely sucks. And, you know, people were in there, but they're not doing anything. They're, you know, not receiving the posts. And you could probably say that maybe 20 people in there would be, you know, the types of prospects that you'd want in your own customer database anyway. So it's actually, and you nailed that, actually, it's a good exercise. A purging of those people that aren't engaged. It's a really good exercise to go, okay, well, I've got a Facebook group. I've got 2,000 people in there. Get a virtual assistant. You don't want to be doing this. Have a virtual assistant reach out to every single one of those members on Messenger and just tell them that, you know, this is what you're doing. This is what you'd love them to be part of it. You'd, um, as joining this platform off from Facebook and you stay on Facebook, but you're, you're migrating to Facebook. So you have the hybrid solution. You can offer something, you know, that of reasonable value just as a kind of a thank you for, you know, joining the community, but there are a lot of benefits anyway to having people in your own community because, you know, if you think of a, like a community member and how they feel, they want to be part of something more close knit. They want to be part of something where they've got a say and they can be heard and acknowledged. You know, Facebook groups, a lot of that gets absolutely, you know, swallowed up. So like you said, a lot of buzz, a lot of noise, you know, um, so have it being in an actual you know, business, is, it looks more credible. You know, having your own platform looks more credible. Uh, you can actually send private notifications to members. You have two-way conversations in that platform outside of the group. Uh, you can add part of your own files and documents. You can turn them into low-ticket memberships quite easily. You can create courses. You know, there's lots of different options that you can't do on Facebook by now. So that yeah. that's a massive benefit to users. Think about you know putting the what's in it for the community member joining your own platform. There's there's lots of ways you can spin it depending on what you want to do, and that would be my next point. You know, don't just do it blind. What's your strategy? What's your you know what mm. marketing strategy and your games here, um, and then work out exactly what you're willing to offer people to join and you know what you're going to promise them. Those types of things. So. Yeah, get clear on that marketing strategy first. Okay, well, I mean, we can talk about the strategy part of it, but um, what, I, what I'm what i really interested in is kind of what, what's your advice 
and getting started. I mean, let's say your strategy is I've got I've got these different things in my business that I'm doing right now. Right. Um, some of those may be online, some of them might not be online. So there's yeah. there's always that unknown of how do I adapt to the current situation if if some of that is an in-person delivery, say workshops or um, or speaking in person on stage. Right. But let's say let's say you have a mix of things and there's some big ticket items and you're marketing those through sort of traditional channels. Yeah. How would you go about adding online training as part of that mix? I mean, do you start at a high level, yep. high level courses, expensive courses, and work backwards, or do you start with some simple things, which I always find challenging because there's so many little things we yes. know and take for granted. So you end up, I, I always make the mistake of ending up building out this huge course and I thought, you know, really this is about a hundred courses. <laughs> well, just again, a little bit of a hack here. <laughs> One other thing I would do is if you're, if you've had a Facebook group for a while, um, again, you know, hire a VA to go into that Facebook group and pull out all your posts because you have some absolute gems in there that can be repurposed or just posts that can be reposted in your own Facebook. So your own, well, your, your own Facebook, yeah, your own community. So don't underestimate the amount of good quality information that you've shared in your Facebook groups and make sure you've got that in a library somewhere in storage so that you can draw upon that and either repost, add to it or, you know, improve it, whatever. Certainly the first thing I just want to quickly say about, you know, the content side of things. And then as to really how you go about, you know, creating a course, uh, whether it's a course, a program or a membership, that really comes down to your business model and your client base. Um, and the one thing I'll, the caveat here is to not guess what your audience wants and really just kind of go, okay, well, this whole online game going into e-learning, you know, delivering more product services online, having more you know, human online connection, you know, this is changing a lot of the way businesses operate with their clients. So that for me, it's a massive opportunity to then to go out to your existing client base, your, you know, past, potentially your past and your current customers. And if you've not got those, you've an audience that hopefully you've built through Facebook or whatever, go out to them. And, you know, just let them know what you're thinking of doing. Just run a quick survey, get, get a survey done up at, you know, SurveyMonkey or whatever, doesn't matter. Um, if you're using Course Commander, you can use our surveys, <laughs> of course. Um, but, you know, create a quick um, survey, send it out to your audience, uh, find out if it's something that they'd be interested in. Um, that's what we're looking for, validation. Then we're looking for if they would be interested in, you know, paying a small subscription fee to, to have that information, you know, on an ongoing monthly basis as well, because don't be afraid to ask those questions because your audience are always wanting to help, especially if it's your customers. Yeah. They want to be part of your business. You'd be surprised their attitude to wanting to be involved, you know, whether it's a rebrand, whether it's pivoting of your business model, they do want to have their say in the way you evolve. There's that trust there. So, you know, Take that survey out, get the validation, and if there's enough people that will pay, that's where you create your charter program. Get money down front, uh, sorry, money up front, money down, get that accountability, 
you know, start, even if it's five, 10, 20, you know, charter members, whatever it is, you've got the accountability to go and create whatever it is as well, a short mm-hmm. course, a short program, you know, a mastermind, whatever, whatever model you're thinking is going to work best for your audience going forward, you know, you want to have that accountability and money basically already in the bank so that when you promise them that you're going to deliver and roll that course out in three, four weeks, you know, you have to, otherwise they'll be, yeah, you'll be refunding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Your, your credibility and, and the, on the line. I mean, the beauty of that model is, first of all, you get the input and some validation as to this. We see this as value. Yeah. The customer base saying we see this as value. Yeah. But not only are they telling you that, they're actually paying you money so it's it's more than just yes we have a fleeting interest in this it's like yes i'm prepared to put my credit card details into the payment form and part with some money because i see value in that and i see corresponding value to whatever it is you've asked me to pay yes so there's kind of there's that validation before you do a lot of work so I, i mean i love that whole process and you know i said earlier that my mistake is i usually come up with a big program and yeah. do that and and that always comes to bite me there i do do the validation yes. step up front but then you know the big program either it's such a big program that people feel an upfront financial commitment is too big or it's a case of oh god now i've got four weeks to do this two thousand uh yeah, yeah. Mo- lessons modules or whatever yeah, totally, brother. Well, I think you're a right brainer like I am. <laughs> you're a visionary, a right brainer, you know, and you're creative. And that really kind of works against you in a way, because when you're a right brainer, you kind of have to learn how to use your left brain more effectively by trial and terror, by the mistakes you make. And I think left brainers tend to just be a bit more consistent in their approach. But so I've had to learn this the hard way as well. You know, I want to create things. I want to have things. I want to have blueprints ready. And I think it's all ready to go. And people, you know, are going to fly. And the times I've made that mistake, you know, I've lost literally months of my life just creating programs and courses that haven't flown because I haven't gone to my audience first and got that validation. And just thinking that, well, oh, when I launch this, I can give something amazing away for free and people will lap it up. It, it doesn't work that way. It <laughs> literally has to be a pain point that you can <laughs> really eradicate right now. And uh, I mean, yeah. talk about, well, let's talk like about that some because, you know, mm-hmm. identifying things. I've had a few conversations recently about this and, and I certainly yeah. talk about pain points and what's the transformation that you'll get. What's, yeah, you know what's the journey you're taking people on? What's their current state, and where are you going to take them to? Which is yeah. the promise you're making, yes. the transformation. Um, but recently, somebody challenged me on that idea of pain and said, "You know, we mm. we put up with pain. It's mm. not pain is not the issue." He mm. said, "You know, if you've got a sore shoulder, you just grit your teeth and live with it." Um, yeah. Of course, some people might complain a lot, but <laughs> right. um, most of us. Probably, you know, we, we look to ways to minimize the pain, but if, you know, if it's an ongoing pain, we can bear it. We, we, life keeps going. He said that the thing that you've got to tap into is the fear. What are the fears people have? Mm. You know, the, mm. is there a fear of 
um, you know, I mean, and there's some core fears, but then, you know, uh, above those core fears, what, what are the next level fears? You know, the, the, often the, the fear of missing out on some something, maybe a fear of not having enough to um, sustain their lifestyle in terms of financial means. So tapping yeah. into those fears. How do you see that kind of distinction between, um, you know, talking to people about what are the fears and how can we help you address those versus the pain? I think it's all interwoven, to be honest with you, buddy. It's all interconnected. Like, I mean, I talk about the sort of, you know, splinter and nail situation. You know, if you're walking around with a splinter in your foot, you can do that for a while before you kind of decide to get it out. If you're walking around and you step on a nail bare foot, you need that pain dealt with there and then, you know. So it well, depends what the tetanus injection. <laughs> <And a tetanus laughs> injection with it yeah so you need a quick fire solution and and that's the mm -hmm. same with marketing it depends really who you're talking to a lot of the time and uh, are you talking to the right people is your message refined enough to hit home on their you know real hot pain points mm -hmm. that they need a solution to right now and that that for me is really where the difference between good and great marketing the great marketing will focus on those people that are in real pain, that are really need a solution and maybe have been in that pain for some time. Like you say, they've been putting up with it for too long but are in extreme pain. And then we talk about the fears, yeah, uh, the fear of, you know, you talk about sort of urgency. That kind of comes with it for me. It's like, well, you know, you can carry on in this pain, you know, and this is what's going to happen. Or, you know, you can do it now and save yourself time, save yourself a foot, you know, later on, save yourself, you know, these treatments in hospital, <laughs> you know. So I feel it's all interconnected. I, a lot of it does come down to your messaging, knowing your uh, target audience intimately and really, you know, absolutely not compromising mm -hmm. on that because the, the broader you go, the, the more diluted your message is anyway, as we know. Uh, that to me is yeah. is just the critical thing, I think, to really be so focused on an audience that you can help. Mm. And then you get to, you know, you can talk about pain or wants or needs or um, fears, but you yeah. get to understand their entire environment, their yeah. belief systems, their, um, you know, the things that they're dealing with and and where they might want to be rather than where they are and so if you can take them from there where they are to where they want to be um, that's the promise you make and if you right. can articulate that really clearly both of those before and after states and here's how we're going to get you to this desired after state then that to me is really good marketing and, and yes, people resonate with it that a to b that promise that big promise is absolutely paramount but you, you can also, like one hand, you're talking about removal of pain and frustration, you know, hot pain, deep frustration. On the other hand, you're talking about selling convenience as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're selling convenience all the time to our audience, whether it's getting something up quicker, whether it's saving money, making money, whether it's more energy, more freedom, more time, whatever. We're always selling convenience and usually based around our innate human resources. So especially the time one, which is obviously the non-renewable resource of time. That's what you're trying to give people. They, they may think that they need more money, but actually what they want 
Um, sorry, I've gone another wrong way around. <laughs> Talking to Christine too, that they may think they want more money, but they actually yeah. need more time to spend with their family. So mm. when you talk about kind of your marketing and, you know, really understanding the psyche of your target audience, that's where you see you can drill down into actually, you know, their actual needs. Yes, their wants, first and foremost, but then really hit on the needs as well. So there is quite a lot of, uh, <laughs> Kind of layers, I guess, involved with you know uh, when we talk about just playing on pain points and you know pleasures and yeah. desires and, and it's always really fascinating to mention. Yeah, to as you say, dig deeper into what the needs are, and often it does come back to time. Mm. Uh, people say, "Well, I need more business, so I need more income, I need more revenue," uh, but often it comes back to to that time. So it might be, okay, you've got to invest some money in this thing that will save you time. And by saving your time, it will give you the ability to look at other opportunities to build more products and grow your business. So you know, there's sort of the secondary effects are usually the ones that you're presented with first as this is what we want or need. Um, so having the ability to understand, well, what let's try and chunk that up to a higher level and understand what, what right. really is the need. Yeah. Right, because you can give people a massive outcome, you can sell a big promise to them, but if it's going to take them two years to get to that big promise, then, you know, the efficiency side of things isn't there. You're not selling the convenience either. So you've got to be able to find a bit of a, you know, a sweet kind of medium there with this is the big promise and this is the efficiency behind it that's going to get you there as well because people more than ever, like we talked about with the digital space and how you know, quickly content and information and stats and facts are all accessible at our fingertips. People want to move quickly. They don't, they don't want to be, you know, going at things slowly. They're, they're, we're living in an age of information, you know, an age of efficiency and convenience. So you've got to find, uh, <laughs> you've got to meet them where they're at. And you've got, yeah, it is, is either making more time, saving them time, but obviously coupling that with, the big um, emotional desirable promise as well. I, I know one of the things you're really strong about is um, building a resilient business in a way that you know you might have um, something, a product, a community, a training course that is ongoing value for your customers, and as a result, there's a, a let's say a monthly subscription that comes in so that there's predictable revenue that comes in because of the value that you're producing for your customers. So how do you build that into the community that, that we're building? Now we've talked about moving the community yeah. from Facebook. I mean, the core thing is getting that community that's really engaged and that will really um, fit your dream customer profile. Yeah. How do you build that culture within that community and that sense of value that's there so that people feel as though they, they want to be there and they want to pay for it because there is that value and they want to keep paying for it. They don't want to leave. They want to keep keep being part of it. Yeah, that's a really good question. And always makes me think of like a successful membership model. If we look at some of the most successful membership models out there, you think of like um, the subscription boxes, like um, the Razor Club, one dollar mm. Razor Club. Uh, I think I'm calling that the right name. Uh, 
is it the Shive? Why is it club? <laughs> yeah, Dollar Shive Club. Dollar Shive Club. Thank you yeah. for saving me. Yeah, Dollar Shive Club. And if you think about it, in sort of the hotel side of things, I've been a telemarketer um, in the past, you know, working for big hotel chains like Acor Hotel Chain. Uh, they sell a membership four hundred dollars. You know, they have a nine-figure membership blueprint. So. It's quite interesting when you look at people, membership subscriptions, successful memberships that are getting it right, and then go, okay, well, how can I adapt that and apply it to my own business, the audience, that my needs, so their needs? And it often comes down to just a few key kind of elements, actually, if you like. And the main mm-hmm. ones, because most people are going to join a membership for some for some type of hook, for something of high see value, right? So uh, if you think of like, and I'll just talk about like hotel membership because it's good to just use that analogy. You know, hotel membership, the Acor one in particular, they give away a free night. And, you know, they claim it's a $300 night away. So they play on the emotional strings, which is, you know, everyone wants to get away and have some R&R, now more than ever, of course. And, you know, you kind of have to do the same thing with your with your memberships in business space, you know, it could be something tangible that you send out to people. It could be a box that you send out. Uh, if you do that, you're going to stand out, you know, like a good sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, you know, it's going to give people that shock and awe as well. You know, it's like, wow, these, these guys really know what they're doing. They know how to look after the customer. So that's going to draw people in. But keeping people is a different animal to drawing people in. And... The stuff that actually kind of keeps people sort of month to month, you have to have a few elements working together here. One of them is the Netflix effect. Uh, so talk about that. It's something that's new. It's it's uh, something that's entertaining each month, something engaging. You don't have to be entertaining, but at least engaging and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, for your audience and where they're at, what they need. So that could be like a live training. It could be a hot live um, hot seat with your members. Uh, could be bringing guest experts. Yeah, you know, there's lots of different options there, but I think the live effect is really important with that. Um, another thing you can do, obviously, is have your evergreen stuff working. So I call these your T's, like your tips, your tactics, your templates, uh, all of that sort of um, evergreen stuff. All probably a lot of the stuff that's um, gathering digital dust on your computer right now that you don't use. You know, you can put that into a membership because that actually does create high perceived value for people as well. Like if you've got a whole library of valuable templates, resources and documents and downloads, whatnot, people are going to look at that and go, okay, well, if I cancel my subscription, I don't have access to, yeah. And that's, that's a big factor. So having the, uh, the evergreen content is certainly important. Another one is, um, the VIP effect. So again, if we go back to the, uh, ACOR, hotel membership the bit the way they work the vip effect is that you know members get discounts on room bookings online and they actually also have their own intranet type sort of login to go and book in red hot room deals and get upgrades and stuff like that so if you're applying that to your business we've worked with a dental practice out here in auckland actually doing this effectively well then you can offer things like, um, yeah, you can offer discounts, you can offer priority upgrades, priority consultations, things like that. Um, but really, it's just about making your users, your your audience, your clients feel well, um, well, feel 
VIP special feel acknowledged. And then the last thing I want to touch on is the actual retention. The biggest retention factor is the community. And you've already said it. It's the community. It's the strength of the community that keeps people paying month in, month out, week in, quarterly in, quarterly out, whatever, you know, however you set that up. So we all know the, uh, the quotation, you know, the value of your network is your network. So, value of your network is your net worth. I think if we went back to front today, it must be afternoon time, it must be coffee time. Uh, and that is so kind of valid when you're actually having your own membership. You've got to create a valuable community. You've got to create, so all that, I mean, that's a good thing to be thinking about before you even mm-hmm. start. What types of businesses do you want inside your community, inside your membership program, your courses? Um, and again, it comes down to, you know, your ideal client avatar, all that sort of stuff and doing the necessary work there. But the more valuable your community, the more retention rate you're going to have because people are absolutely going to make those connections and that is going to have higher perceived value than any resource, any document, any live training, you know. So So how do you, you you know, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. I guess one of the things I'm curious about is how do you, Build that community to the extent that, you know, let's say I'm part of a community that I can't wait to jump on that community right. notice board every morning to see what people have been talking about during the night because they're in different time zones. And yeah. I have some like that. Um, how do you build that kind of spirit in there to the extent that, you know, I'll go there especially and this is the only reason I'm opening that web page up and logging in there because it's just for that community. So it's not because I'm on Facebook and I just happen to see a post by somebody. Yeah. And also keep keep that community alive and vibrant because mm. I could have a conversation with somebody within a community and say, yeah. hey, Jonathan, I really get on well with you. Let's Let's take this conversation outside into this one-on-one environment and um, forget about the community? Yeah, that's a really good question. And this is the thing, you've got to be very inclusive. You've got to be very open-minded and inclusive with how you build the community. You've got to empower your members to, you know, to help one another, to educate one another, to provide value to each other. Often in some of the most successful kind of mastermind groups that I've been in, the members become the coaches inside those groups and they just add more value. It's, and you know, it doesn't always have to be in a, in a paid, you know, type situation. It can be, you know, that it's a JV partnership or whatever. But I think when you're, if you're thinking about networking and community the right way and thinking about kind of how you can potentially connect people in different spaces and create joint venture partnerships, strategic alliances through your own, you know, members, customers in your network, uh, then you're always going to come out in the black because um, people are always going to get value from others in that group. I mean, in terms of, you know, wanting to jump back in into a conversation the next morning, you know, often it's just about sort of the the strength of the network, the strength of the uh, relationship of the people in that network, but also obviously the the quality of the content and the educational, you know, um, prowess inside that uh, community. So you're looking at really kind of getting those 
yardsticks in place, you know, high quality education, uh, high quality networking, business minds in there. And, you know, obviously you as the business owner, you, you want to be in there. Yeah. But as the community, yeah, but you also want to be building as well. You also want to be building kind of a community in a similar vein to how you build a company. You know, you're the CEO of that community. You want to be building out your arms underneath you, your managers, your coaches. And, you know, there is a lot of similarity there. If you want to create a successful community, you're really, what you're doing is you're trying to create a successful subscription-based business. That's why you're creating the community. Don't just create community for the sake of creating community. Mm. You know, subscription-based businesses have 3x, 4x, 5x times the value of a brick-and-mortar business. It's a good business model to be in right now, but you've got to have the strategy in place to do it and the timeframes to implement you know, those action points as part of that strategy. Otherwise, you know, you just, you become disillusioned and, you know, there'll be highs, there'll be lows, but there's no real direction, you know, and you eventually kind of crash and burn with it. So bring people in, <laughs> be inclusive, uh, really be strategic about who you want to bring in. You could, could already bring in JV partners now that you've already got in place. You go, this is what I want to do. And, you know, there's going to be business for everyone. And we want to create this real positive vibe inside this community. Would you be interested in providing some valuable content, you know, every month, every other month, whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Um, because the collaboration effect right now is so, so great and so powerful that, you know, I, I can definitely go much further, you know, together. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I, that's it's, really it's, good advice. And, you know, you talked about, your network being your net worth. Yeah. And you also mentioned earlier about um, that we all have assets gathering digital dust um, that that we may have lost track of or we may just not value that much. So it's it's good to kind of check with your community as to what value they see in some of that stuff. But with yeah, totally. with your network, I mean, I know I've been asking people, you know, would they do a masterclass for my community and i looked the other day in my database of podcast guests and i thought wow i've got i've got about 200 masterclasses there so i've got content for i don't know if we do one a week that would be what's my how's my maths four years four years of um, content without me having to do anything other than you know the scheduling part so you know look at those opportunities to sort of build a community around and um yeah yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely which is my advice to everybody and i need to take my own advice <laughs> <laughs> i think the the takeaway here is really seeing a community-based subscription type model as a leverage point for your business not because the whole point of creating a subscription-based business is because it is highly leverageable so mm. kind of treat that in every aspect of you know how you run that business to the people you bring in to the content that you're going to provide you know to the resources because a lot of it's low overheads a lot of it you've already got sitting around gathering digital dust as you said you know if you've already got jv partners in place marketing partners or you know have good relationships with other businesses that love adding value love educating others bring them in you know create the community with you know five ten strong business owned because guess what they can bring their own tribes and their own people into the community as well 
Um, but yeah, look, there's a lot of ways to grow smarter and faster. That's for sure. Um, but I, I think right now, a lot of businesses, they're kind of a little bit of sort of a sticking point, a crossroads as to kind of where to go. It's like, well, you know, it's unknown territory to go into a subscription based model or a build a community for them when they've always been in a one to one type client capacity. But what I would advise them is go out to your audience and find out if they would be interested in something like a low ticket paying subscription because I think they might surprise you in terms of where they're at and the way they're consuming information and how they're spending um, their money online. You know, so um, don't just assume or guess, you know, that your uh, subscription model is going to fly and exactly the same. Don't just assume or guess that, you know, you've got an audience there that won't pay for a subscription because there will be a segment of your audience, you know, that that will definitely suit. Yeah, that's a um, great, great um, wrap up of, of call to action, if you like, for for this episode. I love it, and and also, you know, go talk to people to find out, ask yeah. the questions. Yeah, absolutely. Get them in. Well, thanks, Jonathan. This is fabulous. Now, I won't put you through the buzz, which is our innovation round, because I'll refer people back. I won't test you to make sure you answer the same as last time or was or <laughs> Thank you. So I'll refer people back to episode 406 where oh, wow. you were on previously. That wasn't all that long ago. No. And um, people can listen to your answers from that. Um, now, where can people find out more about you and maybe even reach out and start a conversation? So thanks for what you shared today. Sure. Now, I've been <laughs> preaching about Facebook groups and saying have your own community. But look, <laughs> I'm using both. I won't lie. I'm still on Facebook because, look, I'm not saying banish Facebook groups. You've still got the social media reach there. What I'm saying is, you know, protect your business. So if people want to reach out, then I would say go on Facebook. There's a group there, No Fluff Marketing for Awakened uh, Businesses. Go and join that. We've got some really good content and, like, everything that I've been talking about with, you know, partnering up with other smart-minded businesses you know that i'm doing myself go in there there's a lot of good content um people can also you know reach out if they want to go to the course commander side of things and have a look at the software that we've been talking about and go to coursecommander.com uh they can get a free 14-day test drive there jürgen and just you know find out what that's about have a play around with it and you know hopefully provide some kind feedback <laughs> and uh yeah we'd love to love to see you there um but otherwise find me on linkedin and we'll connect excellent all right well and we'll post those links in the show notes and underneath the video if you're watching this on video um, so that you can click straight through now do you have any parting advice as we wrap it up today jonathan parting advice yeah, I've, I've tried to do quite a lot of the <laughs> the misconception side of things. Too. I've tried to sort of tick them all off. So I would think really I come back to sort of um, the self, you know, the mindset behind this, you know, just believe that what you've got right now, if you're a service provider, just believe when I say that there is a segment of your audience out there that would happily pay for a splintered version of what you offer to your higher paying clients in an online capacity. Uh, just believe that's possible and follow that process of getting a survey out and getting that information from them because I, I really do see subscription 
economy. It's going to be 1.5 trillion by the end of 2025. It's a massively exploding you know, economy, and there is an option there. Is, there is out of adversity here. There's an opportunity for all service-based businesses to jump on that wagon and you know, and to meet a lot some of their customers where they're at right now. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. I think it also changes the game from the point of view. It opens up the opportunity for those people that perhaps have been doing things in person and are focused on you know the geographic limitations that that imposes. It opens up or removes those geographic limitations for them. if they've got a fantastic program and they can get the word out in um you know in a broader sense then they can have people in their community from all around the world yeah that's um, that's mm. really you know it's the internet is global and uh you know you need that insurance policy now more than ever right okay and finally who else should i get on this show and why jonathan speaking of network and net worth yeah well i mean i've got some fantastic joint venture partners and and uh, collaborators in my network here, uh, I would suggest people like um, Steve Rosman, Alan Stevens. Um, these are Aussies, peeps as well, of course, first and foremost. Yeah, I've uh, spoken with Alan. He's you've the, spoken uh, with Alan, the um, body language reader. Right? Yes, the profile yeah. reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Profile, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's he was wonderful. What he does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, Steve Rosman. Uh, who's uh, fantastic? He's got an exceptional uh, sales methodology to um, to help people sell without selling on the phone and the Zoom calls. Make it very easy. It's uh, awesome what he does. And uh, if I had to pluck one more out, I would uh, actually since we're along the lines here, Samantha Riley would be a good one because we're talking about e-learning. I don't know if you've connected with her. He may well have already interviewed her, Aussie as well. Uh, the name rings a bell, but I don't think I've spoken with her. So, she, she's yeah. Uh, yeah, she does some fantastic work in the course creation space and the program mm-hmm. building space with her clients, and uh, extremely well established. A lot of happy clients, and uh, she's very knowledgeable in the yeah, in the space, the learning space as well. So they would be okay. well, we'll a couple that I'd we'll get an introduction to Samantha and Steve from you, and reach out to them. And of course, we do speak with Alan from time to time. So yeah. We'll yeah. see when it's time to bring him back on. Yeah. Certainly, maybe a masterclass in the community. Yeah, fantastic. No, he's, he's yeah. a good laugh as well. Well, thanks a lot, Jonathan. I really appreciate you coming on again to the Innova Buzz podcast and indulging me because we're actually running an experiment today with video for the first time in a long time where I've done a video uh, podcast and we'll see what we do with the video recording. Again, um, some digital content that we will use in various forms. So thanks for indulging that. Thanks for coming on and sharing all your expertise and all the best for the future. And I'm sure we'll stay in touch. Thanks, Jürgen. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that insightful and informative conversation with Jonathan and took something away from his episode. Jonathan's focus on serving our customer and really getting to know what would help them first before building solutions was, I think, an important reminder for all of us. I'd love to know what you took away from Jonathan's episode. 
leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Jonathan Callanan one. That is J O N A T H A N C A L L I N A N one, the number one. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Jonathan Callanan one. Now, you'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Jonathan, as well as links to the Course Commander and Online Business Accelerator websites, to Jonathan's LinkedIn profile, to his No Fluff Marketing Facebook group, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you like this episode, please share it with two other people that it might help. Tag me in on that share and I'll reach out to you with a special surprise. Jonathan suggested that we have a conversation with Samantha Riley, e-learning expert, and with Steve Brosman, sales expert, on a future NovaBuzz podcast episode. So Samantha and Steve, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation from us to the NovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Jonathan Callanan. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up including Michael DeLon of Positioning Experts and Desi Bolan of Virtually Sourced Solutions. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.